Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am Chip Hazard, and I would like to formally welcome back Roger Sierra. Uh, yay, woo, we need to like the sound effects to put me, you know, the crowd noise and the cheers and stuff. <laughs> yes. But no, yes, I am back. Uh, my first episode in four months, I think. Yeah, I believe it's been three or four months. Three or four months, yeah. Yeah, a lot of moving, a lot of yep. getting preparations and stuff. <laughs> Uh, now, now, unfortunately, you know, uh, the good news comes with the bad news. We are without talent tonight, uh, but tonight is a very special episode. Tonight, we're going to do, we're going to talk about something that Roger and I are, are very, very interested in. Uh, we're going to talk a little Formula One racing tonight. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've been talking about it pretty much since I had to go on my little hiatus about doing this episode, because uh, this season was... Like, it's probably the best season of F1 in, what, probably 10, 15 years? Oh, at, at least, I think. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I mean, I think 2000, 2017 had a closer had a close race, but nothing like this. But, I mean, at the, even then we knew that well, who was winning that one. But, like, uh, like, I can't remember the last time it's been, like, this close. I think they said it was, like, 20 years or something like that. Uh, it was, was it 20 years or, or maybe longer where the championship was decided, uh, by the very last race, the very last lap, uh, down to like going into the last race of the 2021 season, uh, the points leaders were tied, uh, and it was literally down to the very last lap of the race before we knew who the winner was. Uh, and, and that's not not to say there's not a, a, a myriad of controversy over how the race ended. Um, and I, I mean, you want to start you want to start with that? Or you want to uh, go through everything else first? Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just a little preface there. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, it was 2008. The last time was um, Lewis Hamilton, 98 and Felipe Massa, 97 points. Oh, wow. Yeah, so still the one point <laughs> for Hamilton again. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> the, I mean, uh, let's start off. What what got you into Formula One racing? There's there's a good question. Um, it's one of those things where, like, I'd always been like on the peripheral of being interested in racing like just racing genre in general for sports. Cause I mean, I grew up in the time of midnight club and need for seed. So, you know, great car racing games always had me hooked fast and furious, you know, started back in the day too. Um, so I try to watch NASCAR cause it's easier for us to watch it here in the States. But I was just like, this is boring. Like they're just going in a circle. Um, and then one day on ESPN, like it was early in the morning. Um, I had fin- I think I was like waiting to watch some a soccer game, and it's I think I had it on ESPN two instead of like whatever the ESPN used to have it on back in the day for soccer, and I was like, oh what is this? And then like I just see a bunch of cars, and like going supremely fast through these like tight turns and like up, I think they were, I think it was Italy they were in and they were going up the big hill, and I was like oh, this is different. And then, like, I see them get to that first turn and they're all, like, hitting a break and, like, going, like, in a, like, synchronized line together. I was like, okay, I've really got to watch this. And it was I was just hooked for that moment. Like, I kept trying to watch it as much as I could. I mean, this was before, like, it was 
big, like the internet was really big to be able to just like look up schedules. You had to just watch the ESPN guide and hopefully you see the right time to catch when the next one was. Right. Um, but no, it's, it, I think, I think it's been, that was 2000, 2006, 2006, 2005. I was, I was fairly young. I, I was like 14, 12 or 14, like in that range. Um, but yeah, I, I was always on the, the guy that I was like, I was always on the little bit of the outside of F1 because I just didn't know when the schedule was. So I tried to catch it whenever I could. But I, I mean, that's, that's pretty much how it started for me. Um, how about you? Uh, it, very similar. Uh, flipping through the TV one day, um, growing up in the South, it's always been NASCAR, NASCAR, NASCAR. And I've tried to watch it and tried to watch it. Uh, even to this day, I try and I just cannot get into uh, what the, the British call the ovals. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. There's something about it. I, I just don't. It doesn't appeal to my brain. Um, I think so it's I was, because it's just a, it's just a, like the same like I'm obviously they all go through a quote unquote loop if one has their own loop but it's turned there's like there's different kinds of turns there's different strategy to it and yeah, NASCAR I mean, is literally just a left turn over and over again. Yeah, I mean in in F one you're making left turns, right turns, there's straightaways. Um, I mean each I, each race has what thirteen to twenty something turns. Yeah, per, um, per track. Yeah, and they're all like mile like 1.6 to like 3.4 miles or something like that mm-hmm. and yeah. someone like what what race is it that they go to that they actually go through like a little like a neighborhood like they literally cross through a neighborhood they have to go uh, from like a track they go up a hill over like some like between some buildings and then they just go into another part of the track yeah i don't think they ran that track this year uh, they did and i can't remember what last it was. year or I, I say this year. I, I don't think they ran it uh, the 2020 or the 2021 season uh, due to COVID. Yeah, it's one of those countries that was like, nah, we ain't doing this here. But, like, they literally, like, was it, uh, what is it, Korea that has that one, like, right in the middle of the city? Uh, yeah. Like, it's just ridiculous, like, the locations they have it. <laughs> like, they literally close off part of the city. Like, they just build a track on a city. Yeah, and those those are some of the the more interesting races too, because, um, you know you have to grade the streets to a certain smoothness and everything for the the type of tires that they use in Formula One. So it's just, you know, it's crazy because they shut these streets down for for weeks prior yeah. to the race. Uh, just so they can grade them and pave them and everything uh, go- leading up to the race. Yeah, um, it's like it's always weird seeing the tracks. Um, what is the one in? Uh, is U.S. in Dallas the one? The big one is in Dallas. It's in Austin. Yeah, yeah. Austin. Yeah, Haas is like theirs is. Their track is extremely weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have um, hills on that track as well. So it's like you go up the hill, down the hill, turn left, turn right, then you hit a straightaway, and then you turn into a hill going. You turn going uphill. Yeah, like, yeah, like the the right the section right before the um, the lap marker is literally you go down the hill on a straightaway, so you have all this momentum, and you go up a hill and turn like a. It's not a hairpin. It's like one of those like 40, 44 degrees. Like it's not a perfect like left or anything like that, but it's like weird angle turn in a hill where you're going 
pretty much 210 miles per hour. And yeah. you just have to immediately like just hit the brake and turn and then hit a straightaway again. Yeah. Like that one that one's one of the more interesting ones to me. Yeah. <coughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Uh I, I think they run they run IndyCar there too. Um, yes. Um, so they, they call it the it, it's Coda Circuit of the Americas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I mean this year we're adding what we're adding Miami, this upcoming year, I mean, we're adding Miami. Adding Miami, um what was the other one? Oh, uh, for, hopefully they take out Qatar. I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, yeah, Qatar <laughs> uh, is not happening this year. Thank uh, God. D- well, it's it's only not happening because of they're hosting the uh, soccer, the, the the world championship for the soccer. Unfortunately, they stole that one from us. So yeah. uh, they're doing uh, Bahrain. Uh, so they're doing Sakar, Jeddah, right after that, Saudi Arabia, Melbourne, Australia, um, Imola, which is Italy, which yeah. is the one they add, they added that one. They didn't do it last year. No, and then they that's the one that goes to. The, uh, they do Miami right after that one. Yeah, Miami, uh, Spain, yeah. which is a beautiful track. Yeah. Uh, then they have Monaco, which is. I hate it, Monaco. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's well. It's a beautiful place, but not really a great track. The track is so narrow; you can't overtake except for like two locations. It's impossible because right. they, they like they have like straight cinder block walls, so you hit the wall, you're done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, then Baku's one. Of, actually, Baku's one of my favorites because there's it's just a bunch of straightaways in like three turns, pretty much. Right. Uh, then there's what uh, Montreal, which is a beautiful uh, that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't run Canada uh, last year either. Nope. Nope. They went straight from uh, Monaco, I think, to Silverstone. Yeah. Because I don't think they did Baku either. They might have actually did do Baku. I think they did Baku. Uh, But Silverstone, which is literally the home of Lewis Hamilton, like he does not lose there. Right. Uh, Uh, Spielberg, Austria, which is another beautiful track. Yeah. The. uh... The France track. Uh, yeah, sure Budapest. Uh, yeah. Um, France, this one's like a Celt, which is... Okay. Um, I'm trying to think about... I don't think they ran it in 2021, but I think 2020 they may have ran it. No, because it, it was closed down because of COVID, too. So I think it's been since 2019. Uh, we're doing two Italian races this year. Uh, we, um, that's They usually do, too, but Imola was closed down. Because yeah. that one's, like, on the fringe of, like, Italy. Because um, uh, it's technically, like, Romagna, which is, like, I think right off, like, right on the edge of Italy or something like that. Right. Uh, Japan, the, the Japanese track is coming back this year. Uh, yep. Uh, and this is the the last, um, they're, they're moving the Russian track this year as well. So this yeah. year is the last, uh what is it monaco not monaco um sochi yeah sochi which is uh i mean that's one of the better races for mercedes and red bull like Uh they they dominate that one every year too but netherlands uh i'm glad they're still doing the uh, zandvert that's one of my favorite rate like tracks for any racing it's such a good track it's such a good track it has like that. It has that one wide turn, but it's a slow turn, so you don't have to reduce your speed at all. You can still hit it at, like 180, 190. 
right. it's wide enough to work three or four cars can pass each other with no like they built that track for racing like it's specifically made to be exciting with overtakes and speed yeah, yeah. um then we finish off with mexico brazil and abu dhabi no guitar and yeah. what was the last what was the other what was the race um what uh last season 2021 season they raced in uh Bahrain to uh Italy Portugal so there's no Portugal this year uh it is Spain, two... Monaco uh Asbergen, France Austria twice they did Austria back to back two different cuz it it did it took the turn of Australia yeah uh, then they had the uh, the Great Britain race, the Hungary race, Belgium, Netherlands, Italy, Russia, Turkey, U.S., Mexico, Brazil, and Qatar. Let me double and check which was the issue. With Saudi and Audi Arabia, or Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi. I'm sorry. So they did do uh, like I said, I lied about that one. They actually did run that one. Um, Let's see. They did that one. Austria twice, what we said. Um, obviously, they did uh, Silverstone. Uh, Hungary, which was a disaster. That was their weird rain one that they canceled. Right. Um, Belgium, which was George Russell's coming out party. Uh, Italy was actually won by <laughs> McLaren. Oh, yeah, because isn't, isn't Italy where... Um, Max and Hamilton took each other out. Uh, yes. Yeah, that was the the weird. Uh, that weird collision. That. <laughs> yeah, it was the weird collision. Uh, where who was it? Was it Max was coming out of? He was coming pit. out of the pit. He was trying to beat Hamilton, which he should have known better. Then they mm-hmm. went into that turn together, and they, the thankfully the halo um, was added to the cars a couple years ago. Yeah, thankfully. Uh, otherwise. Hamilton, I mean, the way that wreck happened, it was it was weird how it happened, but also, like, very thankful that the Halos were there because Hamilton probably wouldn't have been racing ever again. No, because, I mean, like, when you watch the replay, like, the onboard camera literally shows that the tire, like, barely, like, it hits enough of the Halo, like, a little bit of the tire barely touches Hamilton's helmet. Like, yeah. If that halo was there, that would have been we would have seen the the ambulance strolling out there. Yep. But no, that that was that weird weird like this year had so many weird situations. Uh, they were talking about how uh, uh, hungry got rained out, and they did weird points. They still gave up points, half points. Yeah, it was it was really weird. Like I don't they ran think that's four laps. Ever, yeah, I don't think that's ever happened before. Uh, and hopefully it never happens again. No, like, and the thing is, they knew it was going to be bad weather. They could have postponed it. Um, they waited four hours to see if the rain would pass, and it just got progressively worse. They tried to do a race. They did, like, four laps, and they're like, okay, we're calling it off. Like, why? Like, why? You could have just waited. Exactly. Um, there was that one. Um... I'm trying to think about all the weird situations. Yeah, because uh, that was the one that um, Akon won. Yeah, uh, just just I mean, because he was in the lead. Uh, Which at, at he was point. in the lead just because he came out of the pit. 
faster than anybody else, pretty much. Exactly. Um, no, there was that one. Oh, I'm trying to think of all the weird situations. Um, Baku was won by Perez. Vettel got second, and Gasly got third. Mm-hmm. Like, that's another weird situation where two, I mean, Aston Martin and um, Alpha Torre, you won't, you won't expect in second or third. You expect them, like, fifth, sixth, or seventh. And obviously, right. they got podium, so... Um, Lando Norris got a lot of uh, podiums this year. Ferrari got a couple podiums this year. Then there was the race, uh, the Italy race won by Ricardo, Ricardo and Norris, um, one and two. Uh, um, well, before we pause over that, can we talk about how much of a gem Daniel Ricardo is? Oh yeah, that dude. That dude is. He is. If he was on a better team, I'm not saying McLaren's a bad team. Obviously, they're always third fourth fifth grouping but if right. he was on like red if he wouldn't have left red bull or if he would have joined mercedes like he would be he'd be one he'd be finishing first eight at third almost every race exactly he left red bull too early oh for sure and i think it was because red bull they they knew that that verstappen was the next up he was going to be the, the the number one seat and i don't think ricardo wanted to play second fiddle to anybody but though those guys are, are still like really good friends mm-hmm. they still hang out with each other and everything like it's just i, I don't know it's weird um it i, I, I like i said i think he left very bold too early because yes they were focusing on the future daniel i mean he's been racing for he i mean he, was, he won titles for them no he helped vettel win titles for them right because he was second seed to Vettel, who won the four championships back in what, like 2010 was, uh, to like 2014, something like that. Uh, yeah, it yeah. was like four years in a row, four, something like four that. Four years in a row, and then that's when Lewis Hamilton joined Mercedes, and <laughs> we know what happened from there. Right, he just went but, on a, a tear and started winning everything. Seven-year championship run, and I mean, like it, you say, he wins everything. Like he he won enough races every because I mean he wasn't always winning races or finishing races like everybody no, else. No. But he just he he got the right team, and they built a car for him instead of building a car and then picking a racer for the car like a lot of teams do. Right, which, which is what I think Red Bull has done is they built the car for Max, yeah. Max, and then you know. um and, and Perez, Sergio Perez, I mean, he he did so much better this year, too. Like, they definitely built a car for him this year. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, but, no, it's just, like, I don't know. Like, I think that's the difference between Mercedes and Red Bull is that they, they build a car for a racer, not find a racer for their car. Um, that's definitely, like, Haas's, Williams, um, McLaren's. And Ferrari and AlphaTauri, that's like their issues is they build a car and then expect the driver to be able to just immediately be able to do it, anything and have a weird feel like, oh, you better win or you're getting cut or we're replacing you or second seed or something. Like they don't think the car is the issue. They think it's the racer. But these guys are the epitome. But like these are the top racers. And you oh, can yeah. literally tell. <laughs> like these are the top racers. Like in the world of any. Like if you took these, if you put these guys in a nice car. They, I'll I, I say that, but then I remember Montoya tried to do that, but I mean, NASCAR is the same. Like they build the car and then they pick a racer instead of building a car around the racer. So 
can't say that these guys would just go and dominate NASCAR, but they definitely would be. If they if the t- right team built the car around the racer, these guys would dominate just like they do in F one. Oh, most most definitely, most definitely. And I mean, to be when we watch F one, like we talk when we when you talk to Talon about it, because he's he doesn't watch it, so we have to explain to him like try to entice him to watch it, which he is going to start watching. He said, but like the the mental game of it is so much more bigger and just an F1 from F1 for F2 is a major leap from F1 to uh, Indy and NASCAR is just so much more to it. Cause like we talk about it, the tires, but we saw that in the last race of the year, how important the tire changes. Exactly. Like no one went to pit and just like, cause uh, so the last race of the year, we're gonna, I'm just we're just gonna talk about it real quick. Max oh, Max first happened won his championship. Congratulations! I I love Max. I loved him ever since he was, you know, second seed and everything. I'm not a fan of Red Bull. I'm a fan of Lewis Hamilton. I'm always gonna support him. But Max won his championship. He's a great racer. Uh, we we talked about it throughout the season. His aggressiveness is how we would race. <laughs> like he's the new generation kind of racer. Exactly. He, um, he won his title. Um, is. I'm not taking away from him, but there was a controversial call. Um, something that's not happened in Formula One, I think is what they said. Like, it's never been a call like this. But there was a, there was a crash with five or with six laps left. Right. The, yes, yeah, six laps left. Um, so they bring out the safety car. When the safety car comes out, you have to drive, I think, like 40 miles per hour or something like that. It's, like, really low compared to uh, what they're used to. Exactly. Because they have a car, they have, the safety car is literally a physical car out there. Um, it's setting the pace for them pretty much. Like um, if anybody watched Cars One, it's like when um, Lightning McQueen crashed off the course and they brought the little car out that they had to stay behind and he caught back up to him. Um, uh, but no, it they do that. Well, when that happens, a couple cars pit. Max Verstappen was one of them to change his tires. He wanted fresher tires for the last few laps. Which we said, smart strategy. Smartest thing you could do at that moment. Right. Lewis Hamilton had been on tires for 32 laps or something like that. Like, they were supremely worn. <laughs> yeah, it was 32 or 38 laps, something like that. And we said around lap 40 or 45, because there was 55 laps in this race, we said around 40 or 45, he had enough distance. He had about 12 seconds ahead of Max. And we said... This is the moment you should pit for your tires. You'll lose a couple seconds, but you'll be able to catch up because Max has to pit one more time. Exactly. But he doesn't, so he keeps run. He keeps going on these very worn tires that have had an immense amount of pressure and speed on them. Uh, I'm actually surprised his tires didn't blow to begin with, too. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, did you, did you see them after the race? Yeah, how, they, there's no, there was nothing on them. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. Like, like I said, I'm surprised the tire didn't blow. Just, like, just the rim just ripped through it because this happened before. They've had, the Hamilton's it had happened. that situation. Well, it happened a couple of races before that. Uh, uh to uh, Lando Norris, right? Yeah, it, yeah. I believe it was the Qatar race, even uh, where. Uh, Pirelli, which is the the maker of the tires that they use in Formula One, said, "Hey, these, you know, they, they use three different uh, grades the, of tire. Yeah, a level of well, soft. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there's a, a soft, a medium, and a hard. Um, and and Pirelli said that that the the hard tires could last 
you know, 50 laps or so. Uh, so Lando Norris pitted early, got his like, new set like, of tires. He pitted before the fifth lap, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it, it, like a weird move. Yeah, and uh, he, he got his new set of tires and was planning on running that set of tires for the rest of the race. And uh, what was there's like three or four laps left and they just get it blows out mm-hmm. the side and um they said it was it due to the the wear and tear of the tires yeah because i mean these guys are going upwards to 215 230 miles per hour on a good straightaway you you Pirelli can say yeah 50 laps but they don't take an account for the the young like the young kids and we're saying kids because they're like 20 to 24 years old like they're super like right shit, yeah. if I, like if i was 20 years old and i was in that phone car shh, couldn't tell me nothing <laughs> but no not like they're, they're, i mean max for stappen's 24 yeah and he max just won he won his title like they they get these guys they get a lot of young guys to be second seeds but a lot of teams are now putting them in the second well second seat now they're putting them in the first seat that the first seat is the main person for the team um and now they're putting the veterans in the second seat, which is different from how it used to be for decades. Oh yeah, um, you have to be—you have to be so good at, to get a first seat, no matter what age you are. Um, and a lot of teams are now just switching to younger guys. Like it's going to be a young division or young league here soon. Like Hamilton um, is in his thirties. Uh, Vettel, I'm surprised he's still racing. <laughs> um, uh, what? Uh... Botas uh, is 32, 31, 32, something like that. Fernando Alonso, I believe, is the the oldest almost, driver. Yeah, right now he's almost 40. No, yeah, because yeah, yeah, uh, Kimi retired, well, mm-hmm. retired from F1. He's going to Formula E, which is, I don't know how to, I mean, I need to start watching Formula E because that's electric it, cars. It, I mean, yeah, I want to see how fast they go. It's It's a different beast altogether. But no, like, like now, like you get these young guys that to that are going two hundred plus miles, even through turns, they should be going like hundred and forty, and they're just whipping through them like nothing. Like, yeah, those tires can't handle that consistently for laps. Like, it can probably handle like going hundred to hundred and forty and do fifty laps. But no, not like that. But um, back to the final race. Um, so Max Verstappen pits, and so does four other. Well. Yeah, four other cars or five other cars. Hamilton stays because in a situation with a safety car so close to the end of the race, um, the lead can literally call the race off. So if Hamilton would have pitted, he would have pitted behind um, Max Verstappen because Max right. Verstappen um, had the was going in as first place, so the, his pit was at the very front. So if he would have pitted, he would have been behind Max Verstappen. And if that would have happened and they would have caught off the race, Max would have won in the pit because they wouldn't have gone out. And he was ahead of Matt, uh, ahead of uh, Hamilton, even though the time difference was so big between them. So Hamilton has to stay out on the field. And so Max and a bunch of the other cars that were in the pit, they, they fall behind. They start getting behind because, you know, they have to drive a certain amount of speed in the pit and they have to drive a certain amount of speed on the track. They uh, do three or four. They do four laps with the safety car, which is very unheard of to begin with. Um, yeah. 
because at that moment everybody thought oh it's been three four laps they're going to call it now like there's they've never done this before and then so max is still in first and throughout these uh short speed ra- uh, laps around max is inching towards second place again so he's getting back up there well the um f1 what is he what is he exactly like the president or something like that director. chancellor director yeah yeah um he says the he's like oh these five cars specifically well these... hold on before you say that prior to that they said no cars will unlap themselves so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i forgot that part so, yeah, so um what that's saying were... is like the five six cars yeah it? it was, it was yeah. five cars that that had been lapped by uh hamilton and verstappen no it was hamilton and uh norris because verstappen was in the pit right well but they had been lapped prior to the safety car no because remember that's the thing that uh verstappen got lapped from the pit because of the safety car because he didn't get out in time that's right that's right and so it was technically um hamilton first and lando norris was second at that point um and then I can't remember. I think Verstappen was technically third because of that quote-unquote lap around, but mm-hmm. I can't really remember who was actually in third on the track at the time. Um, so, yeah, they say no one can unlap, which really sucks for Red Bull. Um, Verstappen's mad. You can hear him. like He's like, oh, the race is done You know, for him at this point. Um, Lando's celebrating because he's like, he's like, oh, crap, I'm in second place now. Um, you know, of course, that's a good thing. Hamilton's like, Okay, cool. I'm just gonna stay here, keep doing what I'm doing, to stay in first because you don't want to risk anything. Exactly. And then the director, like with a lap left to go, in the whole race, so he left a safety car out there pretty much until the very last lap. He's like, "Oh, these five specific cars are now unlapped, which means Hamilton is in second place again." Well, he, so he, Hamilton. Oh, yeah, Hamilton was in first. And Verstappen. Oh, uh, Verstappen, sorry. Yes, Verstappen's Uh, second, yeah. And so then he says, okay, so these five cars are going to unlap themselves. And then almost immediately the safety car pulls off the the track, which also doesn't happen. Yeah, it literally just like whipped away, like nothing. Like it disappeared. Like I don't even know if it actually went to the side of the track or if it went to a pit lane or something. Yeah, I I have no idea where it disappeared to. Uh and then, of course, Max was on new tires. He was on the soft tire, which is the fastest tire that is available. It doesn't last long, but it you can get high speeds very quickly in it. Uh, and and then, this whole time, he's been drafted in Hamilton. He's literally just pretty much bumper to bumper the whole yeah, time. The whole time. And then it gets into turn four or five i can't remember specifically it was five i believe because uh, i think and, five had a because i'm pretty sure five had an off wrap uh off lane that the safety guard could go off but i don't think it actually went into it i think it just went to the side of the road you're right uh and then he he kind of blows past hamilton there uh and then obviously because he's got the newer tires he's able to stay in the lead for the le- rest of the lap now i will give hamilton props he did his best Oh yeah, he those tires were worn out, but he tried. <laughs> I mean, he pushed those tires to the limit on that last lap, mm-hmm. and and almost re overtook first place and won. And one of the tra- un- well, yeah, it would have been a uh, unprecedented eighth championship in Formula One. Nobody has ever done that. There's only two drivers to ever win seven. That's Lewis Hamilton, 
and Michael Schumacher. And for those of you who are, you know, probably interested in Formula One, you know, listen to us like, oh, explain how, you know, it's different. Um, Netflix has a documentary on uh, Michael Schumacher, which is, you said you did watch it, right? I did. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I finally got around to watching it. Beautiful documentary. Um, it, it, literally, it literally talks about Schumacher's, I mean, his, his career, but I mean, uh, talks about his highs and lows, which, I mean, he had some lows. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Man has some lows, but he also has some highs. I mean, he was he was considered. Some people still consider him the greatest racer, even though Hamilton's passed him in pretty much every single other category, like most amount of wins and a title for championships. Right. But, it, it's it's almost the the Jordan versus LeBron uh, argument. And um it, and uh, the old heads of Formula One they sort of have a point because back in Schumacher's time they had less tracks, so they had less opportunities for wins or anything like that yeah um, less margin for error and everything like that so you know you had to win like you had to win um uh and you had to be in the top three pretty much every single race to even get near a championship and everything like that nowadays they've had they've added like five or six more tracks so you get more points obviously um different eras different generations different i mean literally the cars are completely different the technology and everything so yeah it's just uh, the michael I mean, I may want to say Michael LeBron. I'm going to say like Michael Kobe debate. Oh, pretty much. yeah, yeah. I would go Michael Kobe. Um, you know, because it, it's a generational thing, uh, and it's it's one of those you'll never know who who could be better because they will never race each other. Yeah, um, yeah, that's not. Um, but uh, Michael's son uh, Mick is actually now in Formula One. Um, he races for Haas. Haas, yes, yeah. yeah, he races for Haas, um, one of the lower tier teams, like second to last team, pretty much almost every year, or last place team every year. Um, it's just one of those teams that can afford a car but don't really try. I mean, they they, they put money into car, but they don't try. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it's it's a good starting ground for a lot of younger uh, drivers because they they get the the feel of the car, the feel of the track, and if they do, you know pretty well then they can get a contract for a, a upper upper tier team. team yeah i mean that's what happened with george russell um was was williams who's usually the worst team every year um they used to be great but ever since the owner the dude um his name oh. was Williams. Uh, what was his first name? What was his first name? I can't remember his first name, but yeah, he was like he was getting team. He was like one of those upper tier, like fifth and up teams. Um, then he passed away. Uh, it got taken over by his daughter, who she she's actually really good as a like executive or anything. She picks good drivers to try out for the team, um, everything like that. But um, they just don't have the money and the the ability with the bracers anymore to be up there. But, um, I mean, George Russell played uh, race for them. He was a, uh, reserve for Mercedes. That's how good he was. Mm-hmm. Actually did get to race with Hamilton, um, at one of the tracks that Botas couldn't make, Botas couldn't make. And he finished in third, didn't he? That race? Yes. Like he finished. Yeah. He, George Russell finished and he, he got a podium that race with Mercedes. And I mean, to go from being literally like second, like fourteenth or fifteenth every single race to going to top three, get a podium in Champagne, like, oh yeah, like you could tell he he's ready for that, that top tier team, and he got the he's got the second seat behind Hamilton, 
Um, looks like he might be the future of Mercedes if he does good this season. Because Hamilton's yeah, on that, uh, that fence. Was the, uh, that was the Belgium race. Yeah. Uh, so Verstappen won that. Hamilton came in. Uh, actually, Hamilton came in third. It was Verstappen. Jordan, um, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Hamilton. Yeah, so, I mean, he's 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 one of those really young guys that have that talent. He's got good technique. Like, he knows when to turn. He doesn't try to force a turn, doesn't do it too late, doesn't do it too early. He's got a good grasp of uh, tracks. Um, and he proved when he does have the right car, he's a he's a top-tier guy. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I think with, with the Mercedes car, he's just going to be better. I mean, he's super young. Uh, I mean, he was only born in 98, if that tells you anything. Yeah, so he's 23. He's either going to be 23 or going to be 24. Mm-hmm. Well, he'd be 23. Yeah, he's 23. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. if he stays with a Mercedes, he's got a good career. Right. I mean, he's only uh, he's only driven 60 Grand Prix. That's, for, for those that don't know, uh, Grand Prix are what the races are called. Yeah. Uh, and also... One. And the thing with Formula One is that I think what makes it exciting to more exciting to me, um, the NASCAR is that it's less laps, it's sh- is shorter, but which makes it more intense. Like I don't have to sit there for 200, 500 laps to see these guys win. Like right. I think the longest track is seventy laps. I think maybe. Um, uh, yeah, we had one seventy lapper this year or uh, t- this, this twenty twenty one season. Yeah, so I mean like. And that's the longest, and it's exciting the whole way because, like, like we said, there's so much strategy. The tire strategy, like when to tw- when to pit for tires, um, when to pit with your teammate, when not to pit with your teammate. Like that's a very important thing. Yep. Uh, um, you know, I, I, when when you're gonna take the undercut, not take the undercut. If you can take the undercut. Um, DS, DRS, that system in general, like you, like you have to be a, if you're behind a car by at least one second or lower, you can um, hit the DR, DRS switch, which will let you open up your wings in the back for more um, aerodynamicy. Like that's the strategy too. How long do you stay behind the car before you hit your DSR? Do you hit your DSR and try to overtake, or do you just stay there to defend? Like, there's so much that goes into it <laughs> like it's a very there's a ton of strategy that goes into it as opposed to uh nascar where it's 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 literally just speed in nascar and maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong uh i mean it, it, there's there's a little bit more. i mean they do have the strategy of when to like obviously when to pit but they have the same tires there's no tire different tire compounds um they're always averaging high speeds but because they're, I mean, it's just it's pretty much just a long left turn. So they're always going pretty much in the same, they're always going in the same direction. So there's no um, worrying about braking, um, downshifting onto a, like a hairpin turn or one to like, like, and the thing with Formula One is like, you can go off the track a little bit for a certain amount of length. If you don't, then you have to literally give your position back. Um, you can be disqualified. Yeah. Uh, there's just like there's so much to it. Like there's more um, finesse to it, I guess would be the right word to it. I, I, uh, I yeah, I think that that's what we should call it finesse. Because uh, I mean, for the most part, 
uh, racing is the same overall technique, you know, going to high speeds, knowing when to go faster, when to go slower, when to pass a car, when to stay behind it, um, drafting a car, uh, just stuff like that. But I mean, Formula One has more turns, uh, more like the rules are really weird. Um, there's got to be a lot of more rule changes here soon. Uh, yeah, um, I was just for anybody that <laughs> that is interested in getting into Formula One, the 2022 season would be like a perfect jumping off point because they're they're changing the cars, they're changing some of the rules, uh, and everything. So it's like everybody is starting fresh. Nobody, none of the teams really have an advantage over anybody else uh, because technically. It, Correct. I mean, I say, I say that because we both know that Mercedes and Red Bull are already out there testing a new car. Like, they're already putting their car out on tracks, trying to literally get, learn the new, yeah. the new car because they've changed so much to it. Exactly. Uh, which is smart for them. Yeah. I mean, that's how you win championships. You never stop. Other teams are relaxing. They're taking um, the. Um, so, the Formula One. Um, season ended in December and it starts again the 20th of March. So technically you get three months off. Uh, some teams literally went until February to start putting their car out on the track and testing it. Um, everything like that. Nah, not Mercedes and Red Bull. They, they're one and two for a reason. They go out there and they're doing it all the time. Exactly. Uh, uh, they also implemented this 2021 season. They also implemented a quote-unquote salary cap or a budget cap, I guess, would be the right way to say it for upgrades and car parts and overall spending and it's been reduced for 2022 um 140 million max that you can spend on the car or on the team in general like the racers contracts and the cars yeah so which i mean it's another another thing like another thing they have to think about when they're making these cars how much can they actually put into the car exactly it's it's a strategy it's another strategy and they're constantly upgrading it. You get penalties if you go, you do more than three engine swaps, or if you do more, if you do an engine swap in under six races, or five, six or five, six or five races, something like that. If you switch it before, then you get penalized. Um, if you do more than three total a season, you get penalized. Um, you can only upgrade a certain parts of it within a certain time before the race, and you have to let the league know so they can inspect it, or you get penalized. Exactly. Um, when you're doing your practice races, you can't bump. Uh, like that's the thing. Like there's other cars out there while you're even practicing. Like that, they're literally constantly trying to get the fastest lap with other cars still out on the field or on the track. Like there's just so much to it, and it, like that's what makes it so much exciting. Like what's the strategy? Like you could do bad in practice and the the practices and everything like that. Because Hamilton did that at uh. Mexico, I think he was having a hard time on that that one turn. I was always talking about that middle turn that goes from that hairpin to that little hook back to a hairpin right in the middle. Yes. And he did bad. And no, it wasn't that one. It was, um, gosh, what race was it? I got to look it up again real quick. But either way, he did bad the whole entire, all three practices, all three days of practices. And then literally won the race. He did bad in, in Brazil. Brazil, um, yes, right. It, it, he did bad in Brazil, uh, and then ended up winning that race. Like he had, he did so was, bad at the Brazil. A penalty, that he, yeah, uh, he, he a, had a penalty and uh, had to start tenth, 
and ended up winning that race. Like th- that was uh, an astounding race. Um, yeah, that one had seventy-one laps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, he he started like you said he had a penalty. He um, during practice he crashed his car so bad that they thought he would like the car wouldn't be repaired for the actual race. Um, Lily starts in the back of the back of the uh, grid or the middle of the grid, sorry, and wins it. Like he didn't make a mistake at all during the race. Like it was a flawless run race. Yeah. Um, which like is so impressive. Um, which is funny because the week before was in Mexico and he had a harder time because they were saying that. Uh, I think it was uh, Chris Horner, uh, Horner, the director or yeah, the head of uh, Red Bull's team, was talking about how their car, Red Bull's car, was more sustained for uh, Mexico because it was lower altitude but more humidity, but Brazil right. was higher altitude, uh, which was better for Mercedes because they have more aerodynamicy. So it is less air restrictions in general for them. Um, like stuff like that, you have to think about stuff like that. Altitude, humidity, like all that stuff is included in your Formula One racing. Like it's just little stuff like that. Um, I say it's like a it's a real game of vehicle chess because you have to think about every single bit of it. Like when um, I was watching the Formula Two for I think it was Mexico or Brazil, and like when they were doing their pit stops, it was like 35, 40 seconds. Formula One, like, the longest one is, like, what, 20 seconds? Uh, like well, I mean, they usually do them in about two seconds. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, to get from the beginning of the, of the pit to the end of the pit, it's about 15 seconds. Yeah, 15 to 20 seconds, depending on the track. Because you have to do, because, yeah, the, how long the pit is, depending on how long the pit is, but you also have restrictions of, like, 30 miles per hour that you can only go in there. Um, and you also have to make sure there's no cars coming towards you as you're coming out of the pit. Exactly. Uh, was it, it, it uh, which track is it that has the uh, the tunnel? The the pit comes out of the tunnel. Is that that's not Abu Dhabi? Is it? Is that uh... no? Uh, I think that might be, no. It's not Baku either. Um, out of the tunnel, crap. Um, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Where yeah. The, the pit goes actually under the track and yeah. comes back out. Uh, I think that's probably one of the smartest ways to do it. Yeah, but it's also the issue is like you're going to, you're going into a dark tunnel, so you never know what could be on that like inside the tunnel. Like there could be a pieces of a car and you won't know about it. Right. Um. Jeez, what race is that? It might actually be Baku. Um. Man, it's so hard to remember every single track layout. Or is it Turkey? It might be Turkey. Because um, I'm trying to think because uh, U.S. doesn't have Austin doesn't have it. Mexico doesn't have it. Brazil doesn't have it. Qatar didn't have it. Saudi didn't have it. Is it Monaco? Yeah. It, the tunnel is Monaco's most famous feature and most oh, yeah. closed section on the F1 calendar. I just yeah. Googled it. Yeah. Um, it also has it has nineteen turns into a nineteen turns, and the only one DSR zone, and then it has a tunnel for a bit. Yeah, and it's seventy eight laps. Uh, that that I, that must be the longest one. Um, Hamilton actually got the record for it this past season was a minute and twelve on that lap. Oh wow! 
uh, on the yeah for it, it is three point uh, three kilometers, so it's a little bit over a mile. Um, it's one of the shorter ones, but it has a ton crap ton of turns. Um, but in total, it's two hundred sixty kilometers for the full race. And uh, it's actually the track was built in twelve fifteen for horse racing. Really? Yeah. Um, in sort of, it was sort of built in twelve fifteen, but it was like that's when the Monaco was first established as a colony, and they actually used they used a track, air like this area of like that section was used for the track. So it's always been that area for the circuit of Monaco. Um, and the first time it actually had race like car ra- or racing racing was nineteen twenty nine. Um, a cigarette manufacturer, Anthony Nogues, decided to organize a race with his friends for the Automotive Club of Monaco, um, and then he got added into Formula Racing um, since 1950, and it's been an official track of F1 ever since 1955, where it has never been once removed. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's one of the oldest and longest lasting uh Formula One establishments. Um, yeah, it's uh, so the uh, that's the the longest race of the season as well, seventy eight laps. Yeah, I believe uh, so. The Austrian Ring has seventy one laps. The Canadian Grand Prix uh, has seventy. Uh, the Hungarian Grand Prix has seventy. The Dutch Grand Prix is seventy two. Everything else. Uh, let's see, the shortest one is the Belgian Grand Prix. It only has 44 laps. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, Bahrain, how much is that one? Let me see. Uh, oh, yeah. So Bahrain, they can change the amount of time. Sorry about that. I got interrupted. <laughs> um, but no, it says it doesn't actually have an official listing of how many laps are for Bahrain. So they, I guess, adjusted laps depending on the year. Yeah, I, I think that can happen for most races. I think this was just the average. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah. Uh, but no. Um. Yeah. Uh. But this this year, like we talked about, for the most part, was extremely exciting like it's the closest race since the closest championship run since 2008 well um yeah it's the closest since 2008 and i did a little research uh 1974 was the last time that the championship was tied going into the last race yeah it's only been like it's only been like this it's only been within a point, or th- I think it's like five within five points, five times in the history. Yeah, and this was the second closest. Yes, yeah, since that time in 1974. So yeah, it's it's not most of the time. It's pretty. You can tell overall who's going to be the winner. I mean, the last seven years definitely was Lewis Hamilton. So you know he was winning. It was pretty much to see who would finish second, third, and fourth. 
Um, before that, um, it was Ferrari, McLaren, uh, Red Bull, passing it back and forth. Red Bull had that four-year run. Um, but, I mean, it's just – it's exciting because you never know what's going to happen per per race. Most random stuff happens all the time. There's, I don't think there's ever been a race with now one random situation makes you wonder, like, how, how did this happen or why did this happen? Like, it always makes it worth watching. Like, I can't remember the time I watched one or not been excited, like, the whole time. Yeah, I, I, uh, I found myself most weekends, instead of watching uh, football, depending on when the race was, because sometimes the races happen at like six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, and sometimes they're, you know, 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. But I, I would find myself uh, this season watching more F1 than I did uh, NFL. I know. Like, we were, we were talking about it, like, you know, like, oh, what, like, are we going to watch the race today? Or are we going to watch it this, you know, this weekend? Like, oh, it's happening on this day at this time, you know, just trying to figure out when to watch it. Because, I mean, not to say that football hasn't been exciting this year, because I mean, there's been pretty good moments, but oh yeah, um, but Formula One this year, man, like it's it, 2021 was the year of Formula One racing to me, like it it put it back up in like one of the top sports of the year. Oh, it most definitely did, most definitely did. Uh, that and the the partnership between them and ESPN, so now you can watch every. Mm formula one race on espn and espn uh, plus if you have it mm-hmm. <laughs> but i'm so like it's so good to be able to watch it like actually uh like i think the earliest one was like 7 a.m so i mean it's, i mean yeah i'm waking up on a sunday morning to a little bit early on that one if you want to but i mean most of the time like you said anywhere between like eight nine and one o'clock they're showing races so right and i mean if Nowadays, you can watch football and watch your Formula One at the same time if you have two screens or mm-hmm. two devices. So, I mean, it's not hard to do. And I'm telling you this, Formula One is sometimes more exciting than football. I, I, this season, for sure. Uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to the 2022 season of F1 uh, because I want to see what the what the rule changes, what the, the car changes are going to produce and – if anybody's going to be able to knock uh, Mercedes and Hamilton or uh, Mercedes and uh, Red Bull out of the the top two spots, you know, because they they were fighting all season long for for third position. Yeah, because uh, it, it was it was pretty much other than one or two, other than a handful of races, um, Mercedes or Red Bull won. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was looking up at the changes for the season again because I sort of forgot what they were for the most part. Right. Um, but they're actually having 23 different tracks this year. The longest uh, for 2021 is the longest F1 campaign. Correct. Uh, but it's weird because it's running from March 20th to November 20th, so it's still somehow shorter than this year. Well, because they're doing more um, double and triple shots. So uh, last season they would do, it would basically be you'd have a race, then you were off a week, then you had a race, 
uh, for travel, and there was only one time there was a triple header. It was uh, no, twice there was a triple header. It was uh, Coda, Mexico, Brazil happened back to back to back, and then it was Qatar, Saudi, and Abu Dhabi back to back to back. Yeah. Um, gosh, yes, that was such a that was just a bad time. Qatar, I'm glad it's no longer there. Like that was such a horrible track, the worst track ever. Well, Qatar's coming back the 2023 season, but Hopefully I think not. they're changing. <laughs> well, they they signed on for was it 10 years, I think, but yeah. they're changing they're changing the track completely. The track that they ran uh, for the 2021 season. It was a MotoGP track um, yeah. that they just regraded for Formula One because they didn't have enough time to build a track. Uh, the only, per se, brand new track uh, for for last season was the Saudi Arabia track, and they literally weren't even sure that it was going to be finished. They finished it like three three or four days before the race was supposed to happen. Yeah, well, before the, the testing, the, the practice, I mean. Right. Um, this year, uh, I was looking at some of the stuff, too, that's happening. Um, we had the first ever full-time Chinese racer. Right. Um who was be the only rookie for the year? Mm-hmm. Um, Zhao uh, Ganyu. Yeah, they call him Joey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I I don't know why, uh, but he was uh, the number two driver in Formula Two last year, and yep. there was there's a lot of controversy over him getting the the call up as opposed to the the guy who won Formula Two, because I think the way the rules state is. Yeah, since he won Formula Two, he can't race Formula Two again next year. Yeah, I um, think so. So he's got to go to either Formula E or like IndyCar or something like that. Yeah, before he can um, go back. Right. Yeah. Um. Also, um, F1, F2, and F3 were all at the championship the same weekend. Okay. Uh, F2 will join F1 at 14 events in 2022. Um, F3 will have nine events. So, I mean, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new uh, team and F2 and F3 uh, is a Dutch team, Van Emersfoot Racing. Okay. Um, Verstappen actually made his uh, single seat debut in 2014 for them. So obviously he's a Dutchman. So um, that's where he was before he actually got into F2 and F3. Um, and also, I mean, we get another race in the U.S. <laughs> like, I'm happy about that. Right. Uh, they're they're converting the uh, the Miami Dolphins football stadium into a F one race 
yeah. for this year. So that's going to be stadium. interesting. Yeah, it's nineteen. And it says nineteen corners, so nineteen turns. Um, but it's five point four kilometers. So it's uh, and their Sanders will have three straights and three DRS zones. Um, they're saying that they can get up to like two hundred and thirty miles per hour. Oh wow, that might be sustained. one of the fastest. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm excited for it because it's gonna be like one of those like you know it's gonna be one of those matches between Hamilton and Verstappen. Oh yeah. Like they're gonna get they're gonna get like probably like 30 seconds ahead of everybody else, and it's just gonna be them again because um, yeah. those cars are so fast. Well, isn't one of the the new things like they're gonna start penalizing people for pulling that far away? Like, I mean, they can't help it. <laughs> well, yeah. How did their fault that their cars are faster? I, your guess is as good as mine, but you, you know how the FIA uh, uh, are trying yeah. to do things. We, yeah, we'll those not, guys. Yeah, we'll not talk negative those, about them right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll get a we'll get some guys knocking our door here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> right. But no, um, but no, I, I mean, there's gonna be some uh, like. They're making, but it's weird because they're making the cars faster. So I don't know, like, um, why there be penalties for uh, just being so full apart, like pulling so far apart. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know. That may have been something I dreamt up, to be honest. <laughs> uh, bigger tires, lower to the ground, more aerodynamic. Like, I'm surprised. Because, I mean, if that's the case, and. Uh, Mercedes and Red Bull are already so much faster than everybody to begin with. I mean, what are you going to tell them? St- stop racing so fast? <laughs> like, Well, you know, they penalized um, – they, they actually changed the rules uh, for the pit stop because Red Bull had figured out a way to uh, do the pit stops faster than anybody else. So yeah. they added the um, – there's actually a button on the, the lead jack now that that guy has to push that button before the car can take off. Yeah, I know. It's, it's. I mean, it's those little things like how uh, Mercedes used to have that front axle um, that was, uh, had more of a motion movement. Like it had like the separate movement steering column thing. Right. Um, which what was legal. Was it? What team was it that had to develop the uh, the independent braking system so they could hit the brakes on like one side of the car as opposed to the other? They didn't have to brake both tires at the same time. It would help them not really drift. It, it would help them not really drift, but uh, take corners at a higher speed because they could brake the right side of the car and not the left, depending on which turn they were going into. I can't remember who it is. I know I, I know that situation happened, um, but I mean, there's there's always like these little nuances that teens figure out to do because I mean, there's so much like the the build rule regulations is very strict, but there's certain loopholes they can find. To, I, I say loophole, but they can find things that were left out to where they can do stuff like that. Right. Um, it's not against the rules until literally somebody's like, "Hey, they're they're able to do this. Why are they able to do this?" Like. It's so dumb. Exactly. Also, uh, another thing about F1 this year is that um, Honda no longer is a engine maker for F1. Uh, no, Red Bull um, 
bought the rights to that. And uh, so now Red Bull is going to be developing their own uh, power Engine. units. Yeah, power units. I mean, you got to do what it's, you got to do. Yeah, it's still basically going to be the Honda power unit. Um, Red Bull just took over the trademark and is going to be making them in-house now instead of outsourcing them, which will in turn help save Red Bull money because they don't have to pay a an outside source to build their engines. Yeah. Um, also, there's only two teams left with the Renault engine, too. Um, with obviously, Renault and... Is it Williams or Haas? I think both of them, actually. Okay. I think. Um, but Renault used to be a team. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which is, like, sad to say, because that was Daniel, Daniel Ricardo, or Daniel Rick was there. Um, and he was there for a season. <laughs> oh, well, that's where he went when he left Red Bull. Yeah. So he went from Red Bull to Renault. And then from Renault to uh, McLaren. McLaren. Um, and McLaren and Mercedes, Mercedes and Ferrari, um, the three and four team, pretty much. I mean, I think I think McLaren might actually be, with these changes, may actually start getting up into one and two position a lot more, too. I think so. Um, let me see. I think I found where it says... No, I saw something earlier that talked about. Um, I thought I saw something where it said about who has the Renault engines, but I guess I am. Oh, uh, Alpine and Aston Martin. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, well, and then the exciting news, uh, I think, is the uh, the probability of um, Audi joining yes. the F one lineup. So yes. right right now there are only twenty cars that run F one. It's ten teams, two cars per team, and there's twenty cars. Uh and there there have been pushes from the FIA and other organizations for them to add more cars to the lineup. But to be able to do that you have to have more teams. And uh, there's been speculation that uh, Porsche would jump in or maybe a Ford or a Chevy or whatnot. But the the other day uh, I was reading an article, and I think I sent that to you, Roger, or maybe you sent it to me about uh, Audi uh, in the 2023 season. Obviously, it's not going to be the 2022 season. Um because I just don't think they have enough time to uh, develop and everything, develop a car and get a power unit and all that. Uh, in say it's as the time of recording, it's seventy four days till the first race. So I just don't think they have enough time to to get all of that together before the start of the twenty twenty two season. But there's a high probability that they'll join by the twenty twenty three season which will then add two more cars to the the grid. Which to me sounds like like I'm saying two more new young guys to keep this excitingness going. Um I don't I I I hope 
hope, 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 hope Audi does it because Audi was probably one of my top car make, favorite car makers to begin with. Um, but them, and I think we were talking about like we wanted Volkswagen to be the other one pretty much to join in. Yeah. Because uh, they're in Formula E, I believe. I, I believe so. Uh, uh, but see. not like, but, but yeah, we need more American. I mean, Ford and Chevy need to need to step up to that plate because I want more races in America. <laughs> exactly. And to uh, be honest, if if Ford started making it, they have a lot of space in Detroit to make a track. Bringing that tourism to Detroit gets you more economy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, I just found an article. Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So I just found an article on TopSpeed.com. It says that. Uh, this was from December 26, 2021. Uh, it seems that there's going to be a new kid on the block on the Formula One. Uh, it, it says Audi is reportedly announcing in early 2022 its decision to join the motorsport, uh, motorsport. And they will join Mercedes AMG as the only two German brands set to compete for dominance at the most elite form of open wheel racing. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, the letter also adds that the decision to enter Formula One must still be approved by Volkswagen Group, which is the, the group that owns Audi. Uh, so if Volkswagen approves this, then, then we'll get Audi, which could also mean that we could get Volkswagen as well. I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. So that's something uh exciting to look forward to um i believe audi also owns porsche or a volkswagen group also owns porsche so yep. you know there's that opportunity as well didn't porsche move their headquarters to the states too though uh i think so um let's see no their manufacturer is still in germany Okay, I know um, Haas. Haas is the only American team in Formula One. Um, yeah, which like I'm saying, we need we need Ford and Chevy to step up or something. Right. Yeah, we need more uh, American-made cars or American teams uh, in in the on the grid. I'm trying to think about all the car. American car manufacturers, um, Ford, Chrysler, GM, Chevy, Cadillac, uh, Lincoln. I mean, Lincoln could, they could step it up. They make luxury cars. They can, they have money. Oh, DeLorean. What if DeLorean made one? Mm. That would be interesting, but they, you see, I, if the DeLorean it did one. I'd want it to look like the DeLorean from Back to the Future. <laughs> it would not be aerodynamic at all no. if it looked like that. <laughs> uh, Jeep, you know, you know how 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 true that would be if Jeep made an F one car, right? Uh, Tesla, Tesla, but they'd be electronic, so they Formula E. For, well, that's true. Kias. I can't imagine a Kia. <laughs> hey, Kia's, Kia's be doing it. <laughs> yeah. So we got Chevy, Tesla, Ford, Cadillac, uh, Kia. 
Was Kia an American brand? Um, I was thinking about myself. Um, they, no, they're not. I think they're uh, Korean, like Hyundai. Maybe. Right. But I mean, j- just think if Honda decided to pull out of uh, making the motors and decided to fill the team. And I'd be cool with that. Um, ooh, they can be, uh, we can have Saline and Hesse, because they, they do Indy cars. They can move over to F1s. Yeah. Because they already have the know-how. I mean, Formula One and IndyCar are very similar, yet so different at the same time. Yeah. Um, Cadillac. Ooh, think about a Cadillac, heavy, a heavy old Cadillac just going through and bumping people <laughs> out the way. They'd be penalized every race. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They'd be taking them grid penalties. Yeah, so uh, 2022 is is looking, is gearing up to be a, a very exciting season, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. This last season, the best season in forever. Um Hamilton is no longer the champion, which means he's probably going to come back angry and more focused. I mean, he was focused a lot this year. I mean, he made a lot of amazing comebacks and beat a lot of stuff that he, he won races like people didn't even give him a chance to win. But now that he's no longer the champion and has to vie for the championship again, even though in an interview he said um, he thinks of every year of him not being, if him going and earning a D first championship every time. That's his mentality. That's why he, He's been so consistent because he doesn't think of himself as the champion or being a champion. He's always vying for a championship just like everybody else. Right. Right. Uh, also, uh, Max Verstappen is going to change his car number. Um, is he so going to put the one on it? He's going to put the one on it. It's the first time since... Uh, Before Hamilton? <laughs> well, yeah, I think it was... Sons? No, I think it was it was Vettel. Uh, so the last Red Bull winner um, was the last to use the number one. Is it? Let me see. I think uh, so. Yeah, 2014 when he won. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg kept their numbers. Lewis Hamilton kept 44 and Nico kept... I don't even remember what number of Nico was. It's been so long. Uh, it's funny because he wanted to be, he wanted his original number being number three, but that was Danny Ricardo's number. Right. Um, that's why he got stuck with 33, which, I mean, that's his, that's his number now. Well, it's only one now. Right. Um, but I think he still has the rights to number 33. Like, so if, if, the 2022 yeah. season he loses the championship uh he can he'll he'll revert back to number 33 yeah um and number 17 cannot be used either no um who was number 17 uh, Jules Bianchi yeah they retired that after he uh yeah, passed away super super bad accident oh that was a terrible accident um so numbers that cannot be used Additional numbers that cannot be used in 2022. 20, uh, 
um, number seven, number eight, 20, 26, and 99. Um, and yeah, I think besides seven, so besides 17, seven, eight, 20, 26, and 99 cannot be used until 2023. Um, cause Kimmy was number seven and he retired. So they're, they have that year gap. Mm-hmm. Um, Roman Gross, uh, Gross John and Kevin Magnuson are or kicked out, and they had number eight twenty. Uh, uh, Danny Kavat also kicked out twenty six, and Antonio Giovanzi kicked out with number ninety nine. Okay. Uh, nobody uses the number forty seven uh, right now, do they? No, but Fernando Alonso took back fourteen this year. Okay. Um, Alexander Albon's coming back, and he's able to use number twenty-three again. Okay. They said you have to at least have a two-year period between, or a, a year gap, technically, to be able to use the number again. Uh, I'm looking at all the reason why certain drivers use certain numbers, and like it's just pretty cool and why some of them pick the number they picked. Um, let me see. Um, so Danny Ricardo uses number three because he because of Dale Earnhardt. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know he's a huge fan of Dale because he got to do the amazing um, lap with uh, Dale's car. Yeah, the original car. Yep. Which is, which is ironic because he places a bet that if he won the Italian Grand Prix this past year, he would be able to ride it, and he won it. Like <laughs> that's so 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 surreal kind of moment. Um, Lando Norris uses number four uh, because it was his gamer tag, um, Lando, but they replaced the A with a four to, you know, do the leak talk. So it okay. was L4NDO, so Lando. Um, he's also a big fan of, he was a big fan of uh, MotoGP legend Valentino Rossi, who's a great man. Um, he was 46, but he decided to stay with uh, 40 with four because he didn't want to seem like a copycat. Um, so that's pretty cool to know. Uh, Sebastian Vettel uses number five. Um, that's the car he's that's the number he's actually won most championships with. But his nickname, um, not his nickname, um, he is Kart from back his go kart from back in his. Youth was number five, and he just stuck with it. Oh wow! Yeah, um, which is also pretty cool. Uh, and he also said, since uh, the Roman numeral for five is V, and that's the beginning of his last name, then he just stuck with it. It works out for him. But it's for forty years. He obviously won a championship. He was number one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a tidbit of information that mm-hmm. you'll find. Max Verstappen is the first Formula One world champion since Niki Lauda in 1984 to have never raced against Michael Schumacher. Yeah. I mean, he's so young. <laughs> yeah. You got to remember, a lot of these guys were racing in early 2000s or mid, yeah, early, mid, early to mid 2000s with Michael. Um, let me see. What's another another pretty cool one? 
Uh, so Charles Leclerc played uh, used number sixteen because he wanted to use number seven, but Kimi obviously had number seven, and he wanted to go number ten, but Pierre Gasly used number ten, um, and so he said. Uh, he was born on the 16th of October, 1997, so he just used number 16. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, Lance Stroll used number 18 because he won um, his first champion four race at number at, when he turned 18. <laughs> okay. That, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Alexander Albon uses number 23 because of LeBron. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I see. I'm just trying to think of like use other see other ones. Uh, Esteban Ocon uses 31 because that's when he won his first title in karting was number 31 in 2007. So that, I guess they don't pick their numbers in in kart racing. I guess not. I don't know. Uh, have you ever watched kart racing? Um, I've seen clips of like highlight clips of it and they, those things go fast like they, for the professional do. ones yeah they do uh they they have a, a channel on youtube where they uh, they actually show the full cart races it's an fia sponsored uh youtube channel mm-hmm. and uh dude those things are <laughs> i mean just think of a go-kart and they're going that fast it's insane um, so I just found the the uh, driver lineup for 2022, mm-hmm. uh, and there's there's not many changes. So Mercedes is going to be Lewis Hamilton, and they're adding George Russell. Uh, Red Bull sticking with Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. Uh, Ferrari sticking with Sean Leclerc and Carlos Sainz Jr. McLaren is Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo. Alpine is uh, Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon. Uh, Alpha Tori is still going to be Pierre Gasly and Yuki Sonoda. Uh, Williams is going to be Nicholas Latifi, and they're adding Alex Albon. Alex Albon used to be the backup driver for Red Bull. Um, Aston Martin is going to be Sebastian Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll. Alpha Romeo are there. It's going to be a completely new team for them. They got Valtteri Bottas, which was. Uh, Lewis Hamilton's partner up until this year or yeah up until the 2022 season and they're adding uh, Joey Zoe the Chinese driver from Formula 2 and then Haas is going to be Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin uh, I mean I, I, you know me I like young racers a lot of the young team well a lot of teams have young teams now like a lot of teams have young racers for the team it's a better yeah. way to say that uh, um i like alvatore um their team specifically uh i think they can do a lot of great things this year with the changes i think they're going to be faster um and those guys are pretty aggressive too so i, I look into them being up there in a, the three to five yeah. Um, competition uh i'm going to be in- interested to see what alfa romeo does with uh Baltas, because he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's never been a, a, a one seat before. No, um, he's always been a second, specifically for Mercedes, he's always been a second. Yeah, um, um, 
so it's going to be interesting to see what he's going to be able to do uh and then to see how uh joey zoe does coming from f2 to f1 literally as the only rookie and being led by the guy who was presumably always the third best racer mm-hmm. <laughs> um which i mean we'd be real about it if Boltes was number one seed for mercedes he'd be probably a multiple time champion too oh i like, think so for sure easily like that dude is so such a good racer and he he once he had so many of the fastest laps throughout the season it was ridiculous how good he was it was even a point where he they mercedes told him he couldn't get the fastest lap so hamilton could get the points yeah i like, remember he that just, he's literally was just like nah like he's he understands track so well and now that he's actually gonna be on the leading team alfa romero's cars obviously aren't gonna be the level of mercedes but i i think he's gonna impress a lot and hopefully he gets picked up by you know one of the top five teams again maybe he i mean total wolf did say that metal i mean Botas could always make a comeback to Mercedes, and yeah, I mean, what are, <laughs> what are the chances? We'll just, you know, a, a what if? What, what if uh, Hamilton decides after the twenty twenty two season that th- that's a career, and uh, I mean, Botas could come back and be the number one seed for Mercedes, and with his track knowledge and the way that he reads tracks while he's on them. He, he could win the championship. Yeah, easily. I mean, especially especially if he does take over as the first seat and they keep George Russell's second seat, that team will be will probably win the constructors again easily. But yeah. George Russell will be learning from like one of the best like like you said, one of the guys that can read the tracks the best, learning like how, why he takes like certain like trail like on the inside the outside or when he breaks or like just a small the small detail stuff that Botas does so well like picking that up at that age like for george russell man phew, incredible that thing would be dangerous oh super dangerous but um i, I think i think we've uh spilled and rambled on about formula one enough for people to understand that we really like it like we said um Go watch it. Um, there's a series on Netflix called Formula One Drive to Survive. If you're if you are interested in getting to Formula One, that's the best place to start. It'll catch you up on the last well since 2018, 2018, 2019, and 2020, and then season yeah. four of it will be 2021. If you really want to know why we watched 2021, watch it. Watch that season. But now watch 2020. Up, uh, sorry. Watch uh, Drive to Survive for everything. Um, 2020 was the start of COVID, so see how they had to deal with that. A lot of races were canceled. A lot of dates had to be changed. Tracks had to be changed, stuff like that. Um, the first yeah, season... Some of this uh, stuff was changed on the fly, too. Yep. Um, the first season focuses a lot on um, uh, McLaren's team with Daniel Ricciardo at the lead. Um, and was Lando on that? Was he in that, that year, or was he 2019? Uh, I think he was 2019. Yeah, but no, like you get to like the best. I, what I really like about it is you get to actually learn who the drivers are as people. Like it goes so in depth, like off track, off the grid, and on the grid. Um, I mean, you get to feel like what like what all goes into every single race, every single season, just every little bit here and there. I mean, Formula One is 
always, always exciting to watch. In my opinion, I've always loved watching it, no matter when I can watch it. Oh yeah. But um, I think I think like I said, we reveled enough for them. Um, go watch. Like I said, if you're interested, watch it on Netflix. Great series. Love it. You get to meet the trainers, or the trainers, the uh, lead uh, technicians. You get to meet uh, the directors of the teams, the, the, the racers themselves. Get to see all that stuff going on. Um, the pit crews is, is just a beautiful thing. Um, and fall in love with it like, fall in love with it like we did. It's all I can say. Um, it's always a great sport. It's something different, too, for people who only like know NASCAR. Yeah, uh, and, and don't think this is going to be uh, a one and done uh, during the 2022 season. We'll we'll do some more uh, Formula One talk. Yes, so. um, hopefully Tyler can join us and give his new eyes perspective to it. Cause he, like my thing is like when we talk about it, uh, Chip is obviously a Red Bull guy. I'm a quote-unquote Mercedes guys because who our favorite races are right now right um we're hoping not to sway talent either way we hope he actually picks a team of his own maybe he does pick one of our teams I'm hoping he picks a different team and that way we have three different perspectives three different perspectives yes. yeah like that'd be so that'd be so fitting because I mean every sport we have none of us have the same team ever Never. in any sport <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hoping this one continues the streak of us all having different views on it. And, like, especially him who, like, he said he's such a novice at it, just, like, learning the sport, especially nowadays when it's, like, so much more, like, technology and so much more mental. Uh, it's just been so much cooler for him to – I think he'd like it a lot more than anything probably else out there. Um, I don't know we'll be able to sway him to watch it over football, though. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, I guess it may depend on what game is on that day or whatnot. But, uh, I mean, if Miami plays early, he definitely ain't watching it. Right. So, all right. Well, uh, like we said, we've rambled on. Uh, we've, we've poured our love for the sport out so much that uh, I think we would be doing it a disservice to continue to ramble. So um, we'll end it right here. Uh, let's say check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Uh, without Talon here, uh, I am kind of lost in the outro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Sean Thompson, Thompson Personal Training. Shout out to Jennifer and Jerry over at the Chronic Conversations podcast. Shout out to... Hold on, speaking of which, you yes. know, you, this is what you're supposed to plug that you were on the show for them, you know. Mm. Yes, I, I was on that show uh, pretty recently as of this recording. Um, so go check that out. Uh, we did a three-hour-long podcast that felt like we just sat down for five minutes uh, we talk a lot of things from sports to uh, religion. There's a little politics thrown in there. Um, so it, it was very interesting. It does kind of jump around from here to there to, to, to another subject. Uh, so you'll have to stick with it. Uh, but definitely go check that out. 
we also want to give a shout out to um, the Warrior Workout Network, uh, huge, huge supporters of our podcast, and we are huge supporters of what they do there for uh, mental health and everything. Uh, any shout outs you want to give real quick? Um, I'm trying to think. You, you pretty much did all the shout outs we usually do, and I'm trying to think of... Um... I mean, we, we have, hopefully this year, we line up more guests so we can do more shout-outs and stuff like that. Um, there is a group, another podcast that um, I, I personally know the people for and everything like that. Um, it's, if you go to Spotify or Anchor, um, the podcast is D's Ninjas Podcast. Uh, my brother, my cousin, a couple of their friends do current event and hip-hop. Um so, you know, anything that you want to, if, you, if you're up to date with current events, you like to hear people talk, give the opinion about it, you know, and just goof around, be cool or anything like that. We'll check them out. Um, Decent just podcast. Um, I'm trying to think there are, I'm trying to think if there's any more podcasts, but no, that's, that's all I can think of right now. You, you said the one we usually say, Warrior Workout, obviously, Chronic Conversations. It is really weird doing the outro without, without talent here. <laughs> Yeah, because he's always got all that that stuff uh, memorized easily. <laughs> uh, check out all the socials: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, TikTok, all that. Uh, I am Chip Hazard. I'm Roger Sierra, <laughs> and this is Movement Radio. God's plan. <laughs>